I no longer call you slaves, but friends. Uh, you know, this, this word slave could also be translated to mean servant. And if we look in the Bible, uh, there were great figures of faith you know, who were called by this word, right? This was what was referred to them as a slave or servant. So in the Old Testament, we have figures such as Moses and David. And in the New, St. Paul, St. James. Right? I think this word, um, it's, it's good. It's a good model for our relationship with God. But it's not perfect. Uh, it's good in the sense that a servant or a slave knows his role. It's, it's pretty clear. I'm the servant and God is the master, right? There is no confusion there. Also, the slave or servant, it's pretty clear the role that he or she has, right? And a good slave or servant is obedient, obedient to his or her master. It's also not perfect when we think of it as a, as a framework for our relationship with God because a slave or servant could be motivated to do something out of fear of punishment or maybe could be motivated to do something to complete a task uh, because he or she is looking for some kind of reward from the master. So, Jesus gives us a better way, a better word um, as a model for our relationship with God. And that word is friendship. He calls us to a personal and intimate friendship with him. Uh, the ancient Greek philosopher Aristotle, who was a pretty smart guy, he talked about three types of friendship. You know, the first kind was a friendship of utility or usefulness. So think about, for example, the friendship that you would have with your barber, hairdresser, or mechanic, right? There's an exchange of goods there. I pay the person for his or her services and I get something in return, right? This is a type of friendship. Aristotle also talked about a friendship of pleasure. So in this friendship, there is uh, enjoyment that two friends or friends have with each other, right? So think about friends enjoying a meal together, friends uh, enjoying a, a leisure activity, a sport or hobby together, playing games with one another. And then the third type of friendship Aristotle talked about, this is a friendship of love, friendship for friendship's sake. So this highest form of friendship, it could include utility. It could also include pleasure. But it's not based on that. It goes beyond that. It's a friendship without calculation. So like, it's a friendship where I'm doing, I'm giving something to you, but I'm not expecting something in return. Aristotle was a pretty smart guy. These 
friendships, it makes sense, right? And we could apply them to the friendships that we have in our lives as well. It could apply to, well, before I say that, let's uh, scratch that, scratch that. So I was, this week I was reflecting on friendship. What makes a good friendship, right? Uh, and some of the characteristics uh, of a good friend, a good friend helps us to be, in general, a better person, right? And in the Christian life, a good friend helps us to become virtuous. A good friend helps us to grow in love and holiness. A good friend helps us to get to heaven. And psychologists will say, that a true friend is someone who has seen you at your worst and at the end of the day still remains your friend. So, you know, a friend who has, has seen me at my worst when I'm selfish, egotistical, yeah, uncharitable, and still at the end of the day remains my friend. A true friend would take a bullet for you. A true friend would lay down his life for you. And this is the type of friendship that Aristotle talks about, a friendship of love. And this is a type of friendship that our blessed Lord takes to the next level, a friendship that he invites us to. Yeah, all these characteristics, of course, you could apply to Jesus. This is the example that he shows us, right? Just think about uh, his friends, the disciples, right? He's been with them for three years, teaching them, right? Being good to them. And then on his, in his passion, right? In his humanity, when he is alone and vulnerable, what happened to his friends, they scatter, they run away. And after our Lord's glorious resurrection, he appears to them in the upper room. He finds them scared, not willing to follow his example. But when he appears to them, he appears to them with great love and mercy, not one of vengeance. He says to them, Peace be with you. What love! What friendship our Lord holds out to us. Also, I was thinking about friendship and even uh, with my closest friends, with my best friends, I think about the good times, the good memories that we've had. And a lot of those times, it's happened within a context of a meal, right? The good meals that we've had. So I was also thinking about uh, in those good times, good memories, what made that meal good? And part of it was the environment, the setting, right? A, a nice environment, uh, one that's conducive to a good, a good conversation between good friends, where we could have a heart-to-heart. -heart. I listen, and I also speak, right? That's also, by the way, uh, I think uh, what makes up a good meal, the conversation, the laughs, and the sharing, right? The sharing that we have with our friends, heart-to-heart -heart sharing. And also, 
the meal itself should be good. The food and the drink, that certainly helps to make up a good meal. Can we not apply these things to what we're doing at this moment, this Mass, this sacred meal, this Eucharistic banquet that God has called us to, right? This environment where we're home in this beautiful church. Well, the conversation, we listen to God through His Word. Hopefully, through the homily, right? We hear God's message. In a few moments, we hear the priest saying the words of Jesus at the Last Supper. This is my body. This is my blood. Do this in memory of me. And then what about the food and the drink? Our best friend, he gives us the best, his very self, his body and blood. This is food for our souls. There's nothing better. It gives us life. Yesterday, I had the great privilege and the joy of uh, celebrating First Holy Communion. You know, the month of May typically is when we have them. So at St. Ignatius, not even 24 hours ago, uh, yeah, I gave First Holy Communion to a number of second graders in our community. Um, You could see the joy, the excitement, nervousness, and awe, like in their eyes, uh, in their faces. Um, as they came up to receive Holy Communion for the first time. And, and I myself, right, uh, as I was giving Jesus to them for the first time, was reminded, like, this is so special. There's nothing more important than I could do than to give somebody Jesus, right? But over time, you know, I kind of forget that and go in like, automatic mode, like it becomes a habit. So here's a recommendation that I have for all of us receiving Holy Communion today. Think about your first time receiving Jesus in the Eucharist, your first Holy Communion. How special that, how special it was, the awe and the wonder and the amazement. And if you can't remember that, think of Like, place yourself in the shoes of yourself all those years ago. Think of how, what you would have experienced, right? How special that was. Dear friends, through Holy Communion today, through this sacred meal, may we grow in our friendship with Jesus Christ. Mangiamo.